This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I'm your host, Erin Benziger, and you will never believe what I just did. I just recorded this entire episode, except it didn't record because I never hit the record button. So um, it sounded amazing the first time through. You really should have been there. So I'm going to try to redo this whole thing, and I make no promises whatsoever. Okay, so I am going to ask you, ladies, I seriously am annoyed with myself right now. I am going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 45. I'm reading from the ESV today, and we're going to jump to a couple of passages, three passages, actually, maybe four. I should know by now. I've already done this once, right? Okay, Isaiah 45, verse 23. Are you there yet? Okay. Actually, we'll start with 22. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. So God is speaking. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. Now, maybe you're not super familiar with that verse being there in Isaiah, but perhaps you're thinking, oh, that sounds a little familiar. Well, that's because it probably is. If you're familiar with the book of Romans, turn there to Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So there Paul is quoting Isaiah 45 and saying, You know, the Lord declares that one day every knee will bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Now, perhaps you're thinking, yeah, but I feel like there was more to that verse in my head. Like, I feel like I'm pulling it from someplace else. Well, you just very well maybe. Turn to Philippians 2. And if you hear my keys clacking, that's me typing in the next passage. Philippians 2, ladies. Philippians 2, verse 9, Paul is writing about Jesus. And in verse 9, he says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So that's not a quote from Isaiah 45, but it's the same idea, isn't it? Every knee shall bow, every shun, every every tongue shall confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. So way back in Isaiah, we really had a reference to Jesus' dominion and Jesus' kingdom in the future. And Paul plays off of that as he goes. So what's the point? Why are we looking at these particular verses today? Well, I was listening to a sermon the other day. And the preacher mentioned a song with which I am not familiar um, because it is a contemporary 
song by Stuart Townend, and I just don't particularly care for those, for those. but um, I did like this particular verse that he mentioned, and so it caused me to look it up. So the song is called Jesus is Lord, and the verse, this is actually the last verse of the song, it says, Jesus is Lord, a shout of joy, a cry of anguish, as he returns and every knee bows low, then every eye and every heart will see his glory, the judge of all will take his children home. And this was something I'd never really pondered. I'd never pondered this contrast of Jesus is Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, Jesus is Lord. For some, it's a shout of joy, isn't it? And for others, untold numerous millions upon millions upon millions upon millions, it is a cry of anguish. And they will speak those words someday, but it will be a cry of anguish. And I never thought of it that way. Always knew that, you know, some people are forced to bow the knee at the end of time. And so you don't want to be forced to bow the knee, bow the knee now. You know, you hear that sermon 50 times in your life. But never really thought of it in such sobering terms as it being a cry of anguish. And so that just really struck me and caused me to look up these verses and look at them a little bit more and consider them. And as you know, when that happens to me, I bring it to you for you to start considering as well. And actually, as I was taping this um, the first time, but not really taping it, I, I thought of how um, this reminds me of the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 15. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We are the aroma of Christ to God among both groups of people, and those who are saved and those who are not. And for one group, we're a, fragrant, a fragrance from life to life, and to the other, a fragrance from death to death. And so it's the same one thing producing two very different results. It's the same as this cry, Jesus is Lord, bowing the knee, confessing with a tongue, and yet it is for one group of people a shout of joy, and for another group of people a cry of anguish. Now for believers, this is comforting right? That one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That promise, that bold declaration that God makes way back in Isaiah 45, that tells us that one day he will set the world right, which quite frankly right now seems really good, doesn't it? Jesus is Lord. And one day everybody will acknowledge this. So this isn't some call for universal salvation. Well, hey, everyone's going to say Jesus is Lord someday. That's not how that works. No, it will be a cry of anguish for so, so many and a shout of joy for those who are being saved, for those who have been saved. Those who don't bend the knee to God now will 100% definitely guaranteed bow their knee to him in the future and shout in anguish. Jesus is Lord. And so as I sat outside the other day pondering these thoughts, I thought, wonder what Matthew Henry has to say about this. Why Matthew Henry? Um, I really don't know. Other than I just, I do like Matthew Henry's commentary. It's very accessible while still really giving great insights. Um, you know, some commentators, they're just a little more scholarly 
And if you like that sort of thing, go for it. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. When I was in school, I did because that's what you need to use for the papers. But sometimes, you know, it's like, I, I don't need to memorize this commentary to be a better Christian. So Matthew Henry is a great resource. And bonus, you can find his material online for free. So just do a little Google search. And I'm actually on Christianity.com, which has his Bible commentary. And um, of Philippians 2, that verse that we looked at, that one that is so familiar to so many of us, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Of those verses, Matthew Henry says, quote, at the name of Jesus, not the mere sound of the word, but the authority of Jesus, all shall pay solemn homage. And I really, I really, really like that because it's, it's not just the phrase, Jesus is Lord, you know, anybody can say that. Um, it's the authority behind that. It's kind of like in the garden when they came to arrest Jesus and he said, you know, they, you know, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am ego, Amy. And they all fall back at the authority of his name. At the authority, everyone over all time will pay solemn homage. Of Romans 14, I'm going to look at that part of Henry's commentary because he references back to Isaiah 45 in that commentary. Uh, so you can kind of get his thoughts on both verses there. But there is he does have commentary on Isaiah 45 as well. But looking at his commentary on Romans, he says... We'll start back with his thoughts on verse 10. Christ will be the judge, and he has both authority and ability to determine men's eternal state according to their works. And before him, we shall stand as persons to be tried and to give up an account, expecting our final doom from him, which will be eternally conclusive. To illustrate this, in verse 11, he quotes a passage out of the Old Testament, which speaks of Christ's universal sovereignty and dominion, and that established with an oath. Uh, in Isaiah 45, God says, as I live, that's the oath, every knee shall bow to me. Quoted from Isaiah 45, 23. There it is. I have sworn by myself. Here it is as I live. So that whenever God saith, as I live, it is to be interpreted as swearing by himself. So this is, this is important to consider when we're looking at that verse from Isaiah, ladies. It is God's prerogative, says Henry, to have life in himself. There is a further ratification of it there. The word has gone out of my mouth. It is a prophecy in general of Christ's dominion. And here, very fully applied in Paul's letter to the Romans, to the judgment of the great day, which will be the highest and most illustrious exercise of that dominion. Here is a proof of Christ's Godhead. He is the Lord and he is God, equal with the Father. Divine honor is due to him and must be paid. It is paid to God through him as mediator. God will judge the world by him. The bowing of the knee to him and the confession made with the tongue are but outward expressions of inward adoration and praise. Every knee and every tongue, either freely or by force. All his friends do it freely, are made willing in the day of his power. Grace is the soul's cheerful, entire, and avowed subjection to Jesus Christ. 
So if we've been saved, we are made willing to bow the knee and we are free to do so in Christ because we have been saved by Christ. Then he goes on, he says, all his foes shall be constrained to do it, whether they will or no, when he shall come in the clouds and every eye shall see him then and not till then will all those promises which speak of his victories over his enemies and their subjection to him have their full and complete accomplishment. Then his foes shall be his footstool and all his enemies shall lick the dust. Okay. So I'll let you read the rest of Matthew Henry's commentary if you so desire. Go to Christianity.com, punch it in. There you go. So what's the point? Why, why is this something to think about? Because as I said, ladies, it is sobering, isn't it? To think that for so many throughout all time, I mean, I, I can't even comprehend the number of people, number one, who are saved, but number two, who aren't saved, to think that this cry of Jesus is Lord will be a cry of anguish for so many innumerable people. And so if he has saved us, number one, we should really be thanking him and praising him and proclaiming, yes, Jesus is Lord. And we must, I think this spurs us on to proclaim the gospel where we can, when we can, and to whom we can. Because I don't want it to be a cry of anguish for my neighbor who is such a nice person but does not trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. I want it to be a shout of joy for my neighbor, not a cry of anguish. So it's something to think about, ladies. All right, um, let's wrap this up as an endorsement today. And um, it might be a little late for this this season. You might have to wait till next year, but you have lots of time to pick one of these up. I am endorsing, I'm encouraging, it's an Equipping Eve encouragement. Maybe we'll rename these. Equipping Eve encourages you to get, if you don't have already, a hummingbird feeder. Okay, so get ready for next year. Um, as always, we'll have a link on the blog just to um, a couple of my favorites. Um, I like to have little feeders that you can put on the window so you can watch little hummingbirds eat. And it's so sweet and precious. And um, this year I've actually had hummingbird feeders in my hanging plants. So when I'm on the porch, the hummingbirds come and they feed, you know, right there in front of me. And it's, it's really neat. Once they get used to you and realize that you're not going to hurt them, then they love to come and drink and um, enjoy some from the flowers as well. So that's just brought me a lot of joy this summer. And um, so I'm hoping it will do the same for you. So if you've never had a hummingbird feeder before, get one. Um, don't buy that like pre-mixed red food stuff. Just mix sugar and water. If you'd like to know the exact ratio, email me, um, equippingeve at gmail.com, or you can reach me on the website and I'll let you know what we do here in my family, and it works. So um, there you go. That's my encouragement for the day. And as a parting thought, ladies, are we praying for opportunities to proclaim the gospel so that we can save, not we can save, but you know, God can use us as part of his plan of salvation for someone so that when they proclaim Jesus is Lord at the end of time, it will be a shout of joy, not a cry of anguish. Something to think on. 
Until next time, ladies, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening. Thank you.